Today in our magnificent studio with all the latest high-tech equipment, we have with us as our guest, a frequent guest on this program, Chef Garrett Fleming. Welcome, Chef, to the program. Thank you. You could be a little more enthusiastic. Okay, we're going to do a couple of podcasts on one of the simplest uh, ingredients in the kitchen, and uh, something that everybody is supposed to know how to cook, but uh, it seems, in my experience, so few people do. I'm talking about the egg. Uh, first, let's talk about uh, the different kinds of eggs. I mean, we, we're used to just thinking about chicken eggs, but uh, people do cook other kinds of eggs, right? Sure, goose eggs. sure. Goose eggs, duck eggs. I've even seen... Maybe about five years ago, I saw an ostrich egg at the Whole Foods. Hmm. Um, turtle eggs? Turtle eggs, quail eggs. Yeah. Are any of these eggs better than a good chicken egg, you think? Um, a duck egg has a very high fat content in its yolk, uh, yeah. but it's very large. So maybe given that 99% of the eggs that I've ever eaten have been chicken eggs, it's kind of hard to assume that any other egg is going to be better. I've had, I've fixed quail eggs a couple of times. I have one piece of advice for anybody who cooks quail eggs. Uh, don't try to boil, soft boil them. Right. <laughs> or even hard boil them. They're oh. so tiny, you can't really uh, get into uh, the egg. And it seems a lot of work for basically less than a mouthful of food. And the shell is, is harder than a chicken egg in comparison to the rest of its structure. Yeah. So you usually have to crack them with a knife. It's a... Yeah, it's a, it looks nice. Yeah, they're very attractive. Yeah. But I would think a plate of, you know, fried or baked or whatever would be better. Okay, well, let's talk about, the, we'll be talking almost exclusively about the chicken egg. But uh, on the other hand, uh, most of what we have to say will apply to, to uh, any any other egg. Do um, There are people who don't want to eat eggs because they're eating a living creature. Is that true? Are you really eating something that could evolve, that could, if you They're sat on it long enough, would become an egg? Well, no, you need the, uh, you need the rooster to, to kind of impregnate the egg and make it into, and yeah. some people do eat that. Chinese are famous for that. The Filipinos have, what is it, balu? I think that's what it's pronounced as, which is uh, essentially like a a uh, fertilized egg that then they let rot, and so you kind of chew out the little bones and the feet. Delicious. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait. I, I, yeah, I, I've, I've eaten any... a lot of fertilized eggs because when we, when we, uh, when we raised chickens, mm -hmm. you know, we had roosters. And so, but if you're eating a, a day or two old fertilized egg, it's, not, it's really not much different. If you let it sit for a while, right, you could right. start seeing like a little dot of something like blood in it. Oh, right. And that'll start to grow, but so you don't want to let them sit around too long. No, no, and the the uh, the dish is not just a fertilized. Egg. No, it's a, it's a yeah, chicken it's a, embryo. It's a, it's a chicken embryo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I understand that in some parts of Asia they eat not just chicken embryos but human embryos, but maybe that's just a dirty rumor. Okay, let's start with the simplest. The simplest is to boil an egg. Boiling an egg should be as simple as boiling water and it used to the joke used to be about a bad housewife that she doesn't even know how to boil water uh -huh. that seems to be an exaggeration 
But on the other hand, uh, a lot of people don't seem to know how to boil an egg. Let's start with the classic hard-boiled egg. We want to boil hard-boiled eggs, I don't know, take on a picnic. Sure. I'd always heard in uh, cooking classes that when you're hard-boiling eggs or just boiling eggs in general, that you add uh, an acid to the water to help you shell them. Like vinegar or lemon juice. Right, anything like that. And upon looking it up you know, for this little sit-down, it actually, the research that they've done is it depends on how old your egg is. Because <coughs> as your egg gets older, it turns more alkaline. And for some reason, you're trying to match the pH a little bit closer with your cooking liquid. So a young egg is in less than a week old. You would add acid, and it would help disrupt the kind of connective membrane between the egg and the shell. But anything over a week, uh, what people have found success with is adding baking soda or something alkaline to it because... The older an egg gets, the more it increases its alkalinity. If you, uh, you probably don't have an answer to this, but if you were to go to a, a standard uh, supermarket and pick up a pick up a dozen eggs, how old? What is the range? I mean, there's not they're not going to be day old eggs, right? They're going to be two or three days old. No, sometimes you know it depends on the grocery store what they're holding. Uh, at least a few days by the time you get them, and up to several weeks. Yeah. Um, so how how will we know which to use, the acid or the? Uh, well, so if you if you float an, a fresh egg in a bowl of water, yes, it will land. It will lie on its side, yes, completely down. And the older that it gets, it will start tipping up. So it's more. So it's tipped at an angle, and it will still sit on the bottom, but it will not no longer lie on its side. It will now look more like it's lying on its its bottom at a tilted angle. And when it rises to the top? <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's released gases and it's, yeah. raw, it's bad. It's yeah. an old egg. Yeah. So, uh, if it's lying, how many, again, you, I may not have an answer to this, but if it's going to lie, you say lie on its side, dead at the bottom, yes. how many, how, what's the oldest it could be and still do that? Probably about a week to okay. 10 days. So, so if it lies on its, if it lies, <laughs> lies on its back, if it's supine or whatever, mm -hmm. then, then, uh, then you'd add an acid, but if it's, if it's tilt, beginning to tilt, etc. Sure, you'd add some baking, baking soda. soda. Or any other. Right. Battery acid. Or no, no, not battery, not battery acid. acid. You might add... Uh, lye. Uh, yeah, lye. Uh, Caustic lye. Yes. That would be just, <laughs> just, just the thing. Okay. So, uh, when uh, I was first beginning to cook eggs, and I've had many egg disasters, which I won't... I won't share on this program, but when I was beginning to cook eggs, uh, I was told there were several different methods of boiling, and I know favored by uh, in cookbooks was the idea that you start off in cold water and you bring the water up to a uh, to temperature and you let or you or you and you you bring it up to boil then you turn it off. I could it's just always seemed to be complicated, and I could never remember the exact timing sequence. Do people still do this? They do, but it depends. I, they no longer, as far as, as I remember, that's no longer taught in culinary school because much like rice cookery where you have to look at the exact moment that it becomes a simmer, yeah. you know, in which to start your timer, uh, that, that makes it a little a little bit more difficult. So, well, because you're, you're counting on someone staring at a pot literally yes, coming to right. a boil. 
Uh, what I've always at least learned in restaurants for on boiling eggs is that you bring a pot of water up to a boil. Yes. And then you rub, very important that they're room temperature yes. eggs, because that would just like cooking a steak or anything else, it'll screw the timing up if they're not room temperature. Uh, and then you put it, then you count on the amount of time you start your timer once it comes to a simmer again. In a fully boiling pot of water, sometimes it's only seconds. Yes. You know, uh, if you really load it up with eggs, sometimes it could be 20, 30 seconds. Yeah. But oftentimes it's less than five seconds. I am... I have uh, I've always been told and and uh, and I ignored it most of my life that one of the problems in putting cold eggs into boiling water is they're more likely to crack and I've heard people yep. say that's not true yeah. that they're cracking because there's a hairline crack but I've I've started bringing them to room temperature by putting them in tepid water for uh, this way I don't have to worry about it the night before but um, I have, I, it seems to me I've cut my, my number of cracked eggs by, a, a, you know, it's not, I don't, I, they don't crack as much, often, not one-third as often, not one-fourth as often. I think every egg I've ever cracked has been because my fingers have gotten too close to the boiling water and I've dropped it in. Yeah. So, uh, so putting it in, I always yeah. put it in with a, I put it in with a slotted spoon. Exactly, and I put it into barely simmering water. I don't. I'm not saying that uh, that there's any sense in that. I get the, but I'm only cooking three eggs at a time, usually yeah. for breakfast. Well, that, one of the things that I can never get cooks of any uh, of any age to understand is that boiling water does not get hotter than boiling water. Right. Two twelve is two twelve. Right. And so maybe it simmers a little less, but when you have your water at a full boil, there's no reason to have your heat on blast. Yeah. And you're just evaporating the water more quickly, and you're not cooking it any quicker. Now, I don't think people understand that, for example, ice is uh, does not get much below... Ice, frozen water doesn't get much below 32 degrees no. Fahrenheit, and boiling water doesn't get much above 2... What is it? Two ten? Two twelve? Two twelve? And uh, you can have something called superheated steam, but that's that's different. Too. And that ri that rises above the water. If it's submerged yeah. in water, it's never going to get above two twelve. Right. Exactly. Exactly. This is why, if you put at certain, if you change the liquid you're using, right. If you add alcohol to it, salt. or you know, yeah, or salt, it will it will either raise or lower the boiling point and the uh, and the the freezing point. Every uh, every good line cook, at least in Charleston, knew that if you're going to chill the end of night beers down quickly enough so you didn't get slapped in the back of the head, you would do the uh, the old trick of making a salt ice water bath. You complete you mix your yeah. your salt with boiling water to melt it, and then you'd add that mixture to an ice bath and you'd whirl it around, and you would cool down your uh, your beers in at least half the time. Huh. Well, since I don't drink much beer, this is not uh, right. not too important to me. <laughs> the uh, now we're talking about boiling eggs. Now, obviously, there there are in the old days. If you if you read novels or in movies, people want a three minute egg or a four minute egg or a two minute egg, and these are the kinds of things you have to serve it. And you can't peel that egg with, no, you know, no, with no. your fingers, so you serve it in an egg cup and you sure. carefully take the top off. We were doing that for a while, but I find that even a four-minute egg, the the white is pretty pretty uh, soft for my taste. Yeah, I don't really the uh, 
There's a, an egg that has been popped up in, in the restaurant scene in the last maybe 10, 15 years, referred to as the 510 egg. And it's an extremely soft-boiled egg where the white is supposed to be just set. And this is different from, I think there's a 60-degree egg or uh, th that's cooked in a water bath uh, under pressure, which is different. But this one is more like just a very soft-boiled egg. And I always thought I'd like it. If the white's not completely set, it gives me the willies. Yeah. Well, that's why you have to eat these things with a spoon out of the right. egg. And you don't. And uh, if you spoon it on toast, you could stand it. My preference now... Your your mother used to demand you know eggs that were cooked eight to ten minutes, you, and that's of course you're now almost into hard boiled egg territory. I have I have pushed the envelope so that slightly less than six minutes yeah. is what I'm now serving. Is that what I ate today at yeah. breakfast? That was great. That was yeah. perfect. I uh, I put I have the timer ready to set, but not on. I put the eggs in, and usually the wa the water temperature doesn't drop much at this point because it's only two or three eggs, and then I hit the timer and I try I'm ready to take it out just when the thing bings. I don't I'm not across the room. Right. If I'm going to be more careless, I set it for five five minutes and forty five seconds, mm -hmm. so that gives me five or ten seconds to get to it. If I find that if I if I don't um, if I don't cook it long enough, like a five minute egg, it's very tough to peel. Even a five minute, you know that is the membrane won't won't detach. Well, yeah, and then when it does, you'll tear out and damage the yolk. Right. Uh, but that's right. where the acid or the basic comes into play. Okay. So we've got uh, so it's a what it is it what, in a six minute egg we're dealing with what medium boiled that would be ah so called. still soft still boiled. a soft that should still be a soft and it depends of course on the size of your eggs yeah. they've jumbo large and extra large well, yes. I'm, I'm not sure what the this is basically I think founded on cooking large eggs that's right or extra extra large and large eggs usually extra large takes about thirty seconds more for me whatever. yeah but uh, but a medium egg takes a, a good thirty seconds to a minute less yeah so you've got to experiment with whatever eggs you get and I've noticed that when you get eggs from a farmer's market and it says large well some of them are medium but right. some are extra right. large they they have their little things for measuring the eggs but they they don't seem to apply very accurately they don't care very much you get better eggs but right. you do have to pay attention so uh so if we're saying uh what i'm looking for is very very gooey but not and just on the edge of being runny but sh uh, and with a w cooked white right yeah and that that works Let's talk about uh, where, where's the classic soft-boiled egg you serve in an egg cup is three or four minutes usually, some, somewhere along. That sounds disgusting to me. So I, <laughs> but I think that's, that's accepting the fact that your white's not going to be yeah, set. Yeah, but it's, yeah. You know, and people that were trying to push it to two minutes and things at one point. I still think a six-minute egg is what, I guess maybe that's the edge of what a soft-boiled yeah, egg yeah. should be. Well, that's what um, I like. So That's, that's where that. the white's set. Yeah. Yeah, I've never, I've actually never heard, that must be literature I've ever read, but I've never <laughs> three, four-minute eggs. Oh, disgusting. yes, well, just oh, any any movie from the 30s. Yeah, the I was wondering the why they would eat it like And that. the husband will say, this is a four-minute egg. You know, Maud, I only eat three-minute eggs and things like Ugh. that. And no, no thanks. Well, what about the perfect hard-boiled egg? Whether you're going to eat it at a picnic or, well, let's say for eating, for just for eating purposes. Sure. What's the, what do you think is a perfect hard-boiled egg? Well, there's also the method on do you cool them down or not. Um, yeah, let's say you do. 
So if you do cool it down, I would hit a solid 13 and a half minutes and then yeah. run it under cold water. Yeah. If you're not going to do that, I, I like resting better just like with meats, not, you know, not yeah. forcing them to seize up. But with eggs, I think probably 12 minutes if you just let them sit yeah. out of the water. Yeah. And cool down naturally, you'll get a perfect, uh, nice yellow, light yellow yolk with no gray or sulfur release oh, yeah. overcooked. I have read this may not be true. I've read that the uh, that if you cook an egg perfectly, and then leave it in the refrigerator for three or four days, the sulfur ha the sulfur comes out anyway. That could make sense because the eggshells are porous. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That I don't. It's the it's the aging more now. Obviously, if you cook a sixteen an egg for fifteen sixteen minutes, I, I notice the cookbooks I look at they all say fourteen minutes. Yeah. And then let them cool down. I find not only uh, does the does it change like you begin to get a slightly sulfurous flavor. But I don't like the texture as much. It gets harder. You get this light, it's, almost fluffy texture. You cook chicken or turkey, you know, the, uh, you pull it out, well, a whole chicken or a whole turkey, you're going to pull out at least 10 degrees below what you want it to be. And then your texture is perfect and yeah. the juices are set. I'm not talking a flash of pink. I mean a perfectly cooked chicken or turkey. You pull it at 150. Yeah. You don't pull it at 160 or 165 because then it's going to rest over. And even though it will set and it will be fine in the texture, you won't have the the juice because it won't be there anymore. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about what you would do with uh, with boiled eggs other than just simply sit down and have them for breakfast or, or take the, the hard-boiled egg on a picnic. Well, there's, I mean, it's used in so many different preparations. The, there's the sauce grabiche, which is, you know, usually served with fish and stuff like that, it utilizes boiled eggs. Uh, classic caviar service it se uh, separates the white from the yolk and you pass them through a fine mesh sieve so you have a powdery kind of like egg ca I mean you have a, a caviar of a sorts yeah made out of a, a chicken egg going to accompany your actual fish caviar yeah um, they're deviled eggs there's deviled eggs which are delicious and take way too much time to ever put in a restaurant <laughs> Oh, I love I love them. They're very yeah. very. When Your mother makes very good deviled eggs. I don't know where she got the recipe, but it's largely with uh, the, the the dominant note is fresh parsley and uh, and Dijon mustard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But a little bit much. a little bit too much, and you ruined it. A yeah. little, not enough, and it's yeah. not good enough. What about have you ever made pickled eggs? Yes, I did. I thought we did uh, beet pickled eggs for a charcuterie board once. So they were. Do people like it? Yeah, people like the. I mean, it's real. It's real redneck bar food. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the perfect redneck uh, bar uh, lunch is uh, a couple of pickled eggs and and those horrible red hot sausages. Or the pig's feet. Pickled yeah, the pig's, pig's feet. feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little stranger. What about uh, what about soft boiled eggs? Are they used in any any uh, any? I can't think of anything in particular people use them for. Well, going back to these sous vide or cooked under pressure egg, uh, a lot of famous ramen restaurants are, are serving these eggs where the whites are not quite as set as I would like, but they are cooked in that manner, where it's at a constant temperature and they're held at that temperature, so you can crack. You can crack the egg into the bowl of ramen, and it will come out as a complete egg. But um, these are those cheap noodles they sell you in packages. <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> what the cheap noodles are based on, um, and those eggs, they're 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 definitely a soft-boiled egg, uh, although it's slightly different just because the white and they cook at the same time, so the white's not going to be 
uh, as set as a soft-boiled egg. I was looking at one of uh, at Apicius, the, uh, the 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 cookbook that goes under that name, the Roman cookbook, which is, they're mostly actually Greek recipes, but he has a, they have a number of recipes, and in fact, the Greeks and Romans like to uh, like to hard-boil eggs. I don't know how I don't know to what point. But they would use boiled eggs and then make a variety of sauces. You know, one one of the sauces called for uh, chopped lovage, and uh, or lovage seed. I think in this case the, the the plant would be better. Lovage tastes roughly like a cross between celery and parsley, and so I think minced parsley and celery would would do. Mm -hmm. And then and then uh, some of the famous fish sauce with uh, with with a little uh, wine vinegar. And uh, and I think and, and some oil and they would make you know, some sort of emulsion and pour it over the eggs and this was regarded as a good uh, first course, you know. Uh, so there, I I have a feeling that more could be done with hard boiled eggs and soft boiled eggs than is normally done. But I I my feeling it could be completely wrong and that is that the poached egg. Has has taken the place of the boiled egg for those kinds of recipes because it's somewhat more delicate and it looks attractive. Sure, sure, and it's you know the 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 boiled egg has the benefit of being transportable. Yes. So let's talk about poached eggs, which is uh, which is simply uh, cooking the egg in in water. It's like a boiled egg, except you have uh, taken the shell off. Right, and similar to the boiling method that we mentioned, acid is uh, key. Yeah, that's, that's don't go. I mean, everybody yeah, yeah, adds yeah. vinegar to or Salt and vinegar. And, you know, the Italians poach eggs in wine. I've seen recipes where they poach eggs in tomato sauce. Uh, so it's acidulated and seasoned, but the, the, the just as important as the acid is the salt. And both are uh, doing essentially what you do in ceviche is the acid is setting the proteins and creating nice fluffy kind of clouds of poached egg to surround your yolk um, so you get a nice little balloon that's light and fluffy uh, but it is a much more elegant egg than the boiled egg yes it, yeah and um, let's talk about it the uh, there the people I'm not good at poaching eggs. I, I, your mother uh, does it perfectly, so I don't. Um, uh, it's something I'm pretty inexperienced in. I'll, I do it in a pinch. So we, we take the water. We you know, take a lot of water, and you bring it up to a rolling boil, right? No. 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a poach. A poach is around. Uh, a boil is 212. A poach should be about 180, 185. I read in American cookbooks for for a hundred years. They said if you don't bring it to a rolling boil, it won't it won't immediately begin to sort of coagulate and cook. What? Are you making this up right now? No, I'm not. It's making it up. saying I'm okay, not saying it's right. First step to fried chicken: boil the chicken. It's just a different, <laughs> it's a different cooking method. So, and then, what, is the water supposed to be, all right, d d d tell us. Okay, tell us. so at least the, I don't, I don't do, I don't do, the, the culinary school method is where you swirl the water. Yes. After the salt's melted. Yeah. And it's acidulated. The, the, what they tell you in, 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 at least recipe books for poaching eggs is, is pretty silly on the amount of acid and salt. I always about triple it. Um, because the acid not only helps coagulate the egg, it also 
seasons the egg. Yes, that's so true. So a nice poached egg tastes. You'll hit. So do you use vinegar or lemon juice? I like. I've used both. Uh, I use cider vinegar, but I've used rice wine vinegar before. I've used. Uh, I've used whatever I've had, but okay. I do know. I don't use the the blank. Heinz white vinegar no. because there's not you can taste it and I'd rather taste yeah. some cider vinegar or something. But that is what most people use. I it think. is because yeah. it's doing its job, but the yeah. only thing it's missing it's doing its scientific job. Yeah. What it's not doing it is see, yeah, yeah, it tastes like a floor cleaner. Yeah. Whereas you use a nice even even cheap cider vinegar gives a, a nice fragrance to the. Yeah. Uh, so we heat it up. We heat the water. Yeah, up to 185, 185 okay. depending on how many eggs you're gonna yeah. dump in. You melt your salt. You add your acid. You should see a bubble, mm -hmm. bubble, bubble. That's just if you see that much timing between bubbles, you're probably around 185. Okay, but you don't have to swirl the water. I never do, but people do. I don't know what the idea behind it is. Oh, it's supposed to help create your carriage, right? Because the water is going to, you right. know, kind of bathe the egg and as it's moving. But I never do that. I don't need to do that. And I use usually a large saute pan that I filled up about two thirds of the way with, with uh, liquid, mm -hmm. and then I start at 12 o'clock. Uh, you know, it's in. It's yes, a clock yes, face, yes. and you go in a circle. So you have to do a dozen eggs. You can usually fit in a 14-inch sauté pan. You can fit a dozen eggs easily. And then you know which egg. If you start at 12 o'clock, then you'll remember which was the first egg that you yeah. put in. But we're presumably, most people are going to be making two to six. Sure. I still think yeah. the large pot is a waste of time. A sauté pan makes sense. Just use a six to eight-inch yeah. You know, saute pan, and it, you know, it'll come to a simmer in three minutes on a high, high. Okay. it doesn't take a lot of time. So you did get your eggs in, and what I like to do is give the handle a little wiggle, because oftentimes, depending on... Will they stick together? Well, the egg will, the white will start setting on the bottom if it sees too much mm -hmm. heat. Or for a variety of reasons. So I just, with the gentle wiggle of the handle, you can usually separate it from the bottom. Mm -hmm. And once the egg actually releases itself from the bottom and is floating, you'll see white kind of creating the carriage around the egg, and you want to get a slotted spoon. And at this point, I flip my egg when it's halfway done. So that means I see most the white is turned white. And you might see a speckle or two of translucence, but then I'll use carefully in one motion just should dupe the egg over in the water. I'm not going to do that. I don't try and get it out of the water. <laughs> and when you do that, you have a perfect carriage because the bottom is seen nothing but total immersion. Yeah. And the top is not because it's been exposed. Yeah. So when you flip it over, you get a beautiful carriage of white. What about, do people ever uh, baste it instead of turning it over? You could the problem with basting it is that you, most people start too soon and then the water is actually strong enough just through its pressure to destroy the carriage of your white. Okay. So you'll blow the little tendrils off. And not a lot of, you know, or you'll even put a hole. It'll look like an immediate erosion on your egg white. Okay. I've tried it. No uh, basting. <laughs> no basting. No basting. Now, uh, so how long to cook the, if we're dealing with large eggs, how, how long if they're roughly, if they're under 200? So this is, this is where I've seen, I can tell, I called my egg lady out uh, from Polyface in uh, D.C. for giving us last week's eggs before. Because the difference in how quickly these eggs cook is, comp and I, it's completely different. It'll be three, four minutes of time difference mm -hmm. between an extremely fresh egg and an older egg. And how much acid you've added to your pot, how much salt. So like, giving a blank okay. time doesn't make Let, any let's sense. Say, let's say it's a... It's a 
five to seven day old egg, sure. large, standard large egg. Well, let's, let's accept at least that a perfect poached egg is where the yolk is completely runny and the right. white is completely set. Right. Good. I would say three to five minutes. All right. And what you want to check for is just like how you check a steak. Yeah. You have your slotted spoon, you lift it up, and you want to touch the white and have the white feel like a medium steak. You know, so it'll give a little pushback, but then when you push on the yolk, not too hard because you don't want to burst it, it'll feel like a rare steak because it, you'll push it in and it'll squish in and you could clearly poke it with your finger if you wanted to. Now the white will get harder and harder yeah. and you really, you want to have a little spring back and the harder it gets, the more you're cooking your yolk clearly. So a perfect one is a, feels like a medium, medium well steak on the white and the yolk should always feel like a rare steak. Well. I know some of our listeners, two, maybe two out of three of them, <laughs> uh, that is two out of <laughs> two listeners out of the three listening. Um, you know, they, 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 you can buy, and usually at a wedding, somebody inevitably gives you one, uh, an egg poacher, either one that goes on top of the stove, or they can even give you electric egg, right, egg poachers. Right. And uh, how do you feel about egg poachers? They ruin the white. Uh, so if you if you feel that you don't have enough time to cook an egg the proper way, I, I don't really see the use for them because it ruins the white. The white on a poached egg is just as important as the yolk. Yeah. And it's a delicate, feathery, impregnated with acidulated, salinated brine. Instead, kind of with, with the egg poacher, it's more like it's a hard-boiled egg. It's a hard-boiled yeah, egg. It's a hard-boiled egg. And it's, you, you have to cut through it. You can't use a spoon to cut through it. Right. And it's no longer delicate. So you might as well have had a, a boiled egg. Good. Well, we, well, well, I'll go and throw that egg poacher away that mm. somebody gave us uh, last year as a wedding gift. <laughs> the um, Now, let's talk a little bit uh, before we close out this segment of our egg series. Let's talk a little bit about dishes, famous dishes, not so famous dishes that use poached eggs. We've got our eggs poached, and what what, what can we do with it? Well, you have the most famous is the Eggs Benedict, which is a very delicious... uh very delicious dish, very kind of scrumptious. You also have a, a croque madame. Well, let's start All with right. the, the eggs benedict. I mean, basically, so you have what, an English muffin on the yep. base? Yeah, it's a buttered English muffin that's toasted, and then you usually have, uh, I think traditionally they serve it with Canadian bacon, yes. which is a, a crummy loin Yes, hand. I don't like Canadian. But you can use, and I've substituted oftentimes, uh, a prosciutto yeah. or a cured ham of some persuasion. Yeah, good country ham. Yeah. Or, uh, even there's a, there's a company in uh, Chicago, George's, and uh, George makes Balkan-style uh, They have some meals. famous hams, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so they, we well, I'll use a slice of, uh, of that. But any, anything, I don't like Canadian bacon on anything except for a Canadian bacon and pineapple pizza, which is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would like it on a, a Mexican torta. Yeah. That's essentially what they use. They use cured yeah. wine. To me, it tastes like spam. Yeah, <laughs> which is which is not meant to be a combo. Okay, we got we got the uh, eggs. But by the way, I put in a I put in a, a argument for. There's one. There are several commercial brands that you can buy anywhere of uh, English muffins. The Thomas English muffins. Mr. Thomas created the English muffin in New York. 
but to to commemorate his childhood, uh, when which he ate something similar, and these are uncut, and they have large funny holes, and I would say they're they're several steps better than their rival brands. It's, it's maybe the most popular brand there is, but the 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 rivals, and I won't mention their names, are just nowhere near as good. I think not cutting them is pretty helpful, too. Yeah, yeah. So they don't go stale. That's right. No, it seems, you know, there's a great American phrase, it's the best thing since, since sliced bread. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, <laughs> well <laughs> I, anything that's the best thing since sliced bread is probably something you don't want to touch. Right. So let's, what about some other dishes? Uh, we didn't even finish the eggs. Egg you, mi no. you missed the the key is yes. is uh, an egg sauce, uh, emulsified egg sauce. One of the mother sauces in French cuisine, known as hollandaise. Uh, it's other variation called Bernays is still in the. It's another one of the major sauces. I don't know how they got two sauces that are made exactly the same, but that's made out of uh, creating a gastrique of concentrating a vinegar, a collection of vinegars and wines and. An acid and a, and a sugar, and you you cook them down, and you season it with whatever. Bernays clearly is tarragon stems, and you get a syrupy kind of consistency with the you know, bay leaves, cracked black pepper. You know, you just get something that it's not meant to be eaten. You strain it out over a water bath. You whip eggs, uh, usually about one for every four ounces of butter, one yolk, so just the yolk. Yeah. And you whisk them over a water bath, about 180, until you can do figure eights. And that's just simply with a spoon or a whisk, you can draw an eight in the bowl, and you can still see it for a moment before it dissipates. Yeah. Um, and then at that point, you start adding slowly. Uh, culinary school, they tell you to add clarified butter, but it's really a waste of all the delicious milk solids, which gives you great flavor in any of these egg emulsion sauce. Clarifying butter for this doesn't make any sense. The French did it just because at that point you just have butter grease. Yeah. The milk solids not only help control your consistency, but they also add a ton of flavor. Yeah. So taking them out is very silly. Is it the real reason for clarifying butter that it, it has a higher smoke point? I mean, does it? does. That's yeah. a lot. But you're, so not, you're, you're not cooking it. you're sautéing in butter, that exactly. makes sense. But in this, this case... Uh, no, I think they wanted to have people practice clarifying butter. Um, and, then you, and then you season it with a variety, usually salt, lemon juice, and sometimes hot sauce. Uh, and that's it. And you get this bright, thick... Uh, flavorsome. No melted Velveeta cheese. No, 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 no. That's that's the next dish. Uh, but yeah, and then that's that's on top of it. And so your poached eggs, your sauce bernays or hollandaise, and uh, your ham on a toasted English muffin, and it's it'll get you twenty dollars in any major city. It's one of your mother's favorite foods. When it's we, a great when dish. We breakfast out, she gets it all the time. I'm content with my two fried eggs and, and uh, strips of bacon. Uh, at a at a in restaurants around here, I've several times as a light lunch have had uh, a dish which involves poached eggs and uh, asparagus and flaked parmigiano. It's a yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's which you know. Uh, it's it's quite delicious. It's a little bit it's a bit much for breakfast, but it makes uh, I think I think we made a serious mistake in America saying breakfast equals eggs, eggs equal breakfast right. because there's there's so many good luncheon dishes or even uh, even you know light supper dishes or first courses which are which are made with eggs. What else can we do with a with a poached egg? Well, there's there's uh, the croque. Well, actually, I've seen the croque madame served with a fried egg as often as a poached egg. Um, so you have the classic asparagus dish. You have uh, 
I mean, it's it's done in a variety. It's sort of you can put all this on any appropriate yeah, sauce, or you can. Beside before the uh, the the immersion circulator and sous vide things came into into fashion 10, 15 years ago, uh, it would be the prime. It would be the key component to any egg dish. And chefs love egg dishes because they're very. It's a it's a the cheapest point of luxury that you can get. You know, even a good egg is going to cost you around a dollar for a really excellent egg. And yet, you know, you can add a little bit of a little bit of this. You put some shaved truffle, you know, a little bit of Parmesan <laughs> cheese, and you all of a sudden you, you spent get... too much time at home, Brian. <laughs> Well, that was a scrambled egg dish, which we, they also served as an omelet. Yes. But yeah, it's uh, it's a real easy thing to kind of uh, sex up. The uh, the one the one maybe the most popular American dish that I can think of is uh, is uh, for using poached eggs is poached eggs on top of uh, corned beef or roast beef hash. Sure, sure. You know, which I mean, there's a. Major big hotels like that. That I know that the Drake in Chicago. That's one of its that's its signature breakfast dish. Now the big trick is, of course, I don't have anything against canned uh, canned hash if you're if you're camped out in the wilderness. But there's not much you can do better with some leftover roast beef or corned beef yeah. than uh, than to make a good hash out of it. But that will be for a uh, another program. We we had a dish now, which is uh, oftentimes brought up. To me by my old sous chefs as being the most wasteful dish of expensive ingredients. Um, we never we never got enough money for it, but it was a a split loaf of ciabatta bread that was butter grilled, and then it was two poached eggs. It was a soft shell crab that we tempura fried. It was one of the andouille sausages that we smoked and ground and yeah. stuffed, split and crisped up on the flat top. So then you split the Soft shell crab, and that goes in an angle. You know, you have two soft shell crabs, so that each each half is standing up on your bread. Then you have the sausage split flat going the opposite direction, so you have an X on an X. And then you cover it with a lobster mornay sauce, a butter poached lobster, and a cream and cheese and champagne sauce. And it was a little out there. <coughs> we got $25 for the dish, and I'm pretty sure I lost money on every plate. <laughs> Well, on that on that note of opulence, luxury, and uh, and waste, yeah. I think we'll we'll conclude this first episode in our series on eggs. We hope everyone goes out and uh, practices. Maybe we should this time uh, post some recipes. Sure. Uh, but of course, I'm assuming everybody has a a. A, a basic competent cookbook and just about everything we've talked about at least that you you can find something about but in this case the technique of all these things the technique of boiling and poaching as simple as it is it's it's really the the the, the crux of the matter mm -hmm. so we'll say goodbye for today